0: Love, Talk Radio. Wealthy Sisters, the show that features six- and seven-figure earning women of color. Tune in Mondays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time as Deborah Hardnett, CEO of Deborah Hardnett International and founder of The Professional Black Woman, showcase the triumphant journeys of these powerful sisters. You will be inspired, encouraged, and informed every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Our call-in number is 347 838 Nine two seven eight. Today's broadcast is brought to you by www.wealthysisters.com, where the show can be heard twenty four hours a day. And now, your host, Deborah Hardnett.
1: Well, hello, and a welcome to Wealthy Sisters, sponsored by the professional black woman. You can visit us at www.thepdwa.com. Wealthy Sisters is where we celebrate the lives of six- and seven-figure-earning women of color, and our purpose is twofold. First, we love to inspire and encourage you, the listener, and second, we want to edify, promote, acknowledge, and just say thank you to our sisters for doing big things. I am Deborah Hartnett, your host broadcasting live from our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., on the Blog Talk Worldwide Network. Today is Monday, September 13, 2010, and I hope you are as excited about your future as I am, because it is very, very bright. We are here every week at the same time, Mondays, 12 noon Eastern, so spread the word. Now, before we go any further, everybody knows that's been tuned in since the beginning of the year. We have our motto, for for 2010, and we're going to say it today. we got to say it like you mean it. If you just joined to end with us, we want you to say it. with feeling because we are standing on. Here it goes. Here's to 2010. This is the best year ever. That's right. We are saying it. Come on, say it with us one more time. Here's to 2010, the best year ever. That's right. Now, you know, we, we know that power, we talk about power, that word, it embodies so much, and it's such an amazing thing to have power it really really is and to recognize our power no strength it's even better because a lot of times we can have power and not know that we have it in any particular area in our lives and when we learn that watch out i mean the sky and beyond is truly the limit but when we talk about a lot of times a lot of situations where we feel that our power may have been stripped from us it's It's not a comfortable feeling when someone has control or can make decisions about us, our lives, or our family. That is really not not so comfortable as we said. In a lot of conversations I've had with parents throughout the years, um, with regard to our public school systems, a lot of times people feel hopelessness, or they feel frustrated, or or might want to say that you know the system might be clueless or it's broken and it needs fixing. There are so many many different um, adjectives that that describe that a lot of times, and it's not always positive. And a lot of times we wonder, do we really have control? And if so, how much control do we have? Well, today our very special guest is what we say a solution to and what's going on um, in the school system. She is also going to share her plans as she runs for a very important position within the richest county, For African Americans in the United States, that's Prince George's County. Our our special guest today is Candidate for the school board, Ms. Shanya Davis-Johnson, and although you may not be in the Maryland area, you may not be in her district, these topics, as we mentioned earlier, and solutions that we're going to share are universal, so please, this is a very important show. Right now, we need for you to call, email, tweet, text everybody, and tell them, you know, that we have an awesome show today. We're talking about solutions for the school board, school systems all across the country. Make sure, as well as, you are telling them to dial 347-838-9278. Also, you can tune in to the web at www.wealthysisters.com, That's S-I-S-T-A-S dot com. Wealthysisters.com and tune into the show. And we want to remind you to mark us as your favorite so that you can get your reminder an hour before the show each week. Um, Also, we we want you to really know that we are also available and can be found on Facebook, on the Deborah Hartnet or Wealthy Sisters, and and also with Twitter and LinkedIn. Now, let's learn who this awesome individual is. Ms. Shonya Davis-Johnson is a passionate leader. She's a dedicated public servant and devoted community advocate. Shania recognized a disparity in the schools and a desperate need to provide better opportunities for both students and teachers. Shunya's dedication to her community and her students—excuse me—to um, dedication to her community and her and, and her desire to rectify the disparities she recognized in the public schools have propelled her to make an even greater impact on her community. Shanya is a native of New Orleans. She has a B.S. in criminal justice, a post-baccalaureate in legal studies, and a M.A. in political science. And She also pursued her edu- uh, doctorate degree in education at the University of Maryland. Shania has more uh, also as a long history in public service. She has acted as the deputy district director to Representative Sheila Jackson Lee of the 18th District of Texas and Representative Donna F. Edwards of the 4th District of Maryland, just the name a few. While serving in these positions, Shonya advised members of the U.S. House of Representatives on policy matters, using her extensive knowledge of the legislative process and her ability to network and coordinate with a variety of decision makers. Currently, Shanya serves as a Congressional Affairs Liaison for the United States Census Bureau. Shonya plays a key role in communicating with policymakers the activities of the agency. In this role, Shonya Sonia fulfills a variety of responsibilities, including analyzing legislation and communicating on census-related issues with congressional members, state and local government agencies, organizations, and interested individuals. Sonia is the CEO and founder of the Davis Johnson Education Resource Foundation, otherwise known as DERF.
2: DIRF was actually
1: founded in 2005. It's a platform that's aimed to educate, motivate, and empower our future leaders. And Shanya also serves on several boards. She's a member of many organizations, and we are proud to say she's a member of the Professional Black Woman and also the Zeta Phi Beta Sorority. After we take this short break, we'll come back and hear from the dynamic Ms. Shanya davis Johnson, Stay tuned. Make sure you call everybody and tell them to dial in to 347
0: 838 This segment is sponsored by WillDrake.com. That's com. The hot new suspense novel, Bad and Worse, A Tale of Men, published by Thermal Co-Publishing. Sometimes the only way to stop a killer is to love him. Available in stores November 2009. Business Leaders. Are you ready to soar? Success is not defined by your wings, but by your courage to leap from the cliff's edge and fly. With Fortune 500 expertise, The Beatty Group partners with creative and motivated leaders, weaving structure and innovation for maximum business success. Visit us at TheBattyGroup.com. That's T-H-E-B-A-T-I-E group.com. Or call The Beatty Group at 877-264-7699.
1: We are live back on Wealthy Sisters. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host, and we are... Excited to have the awesome Missanya Davis Johnson on our show today. She's running for a very, very important position within the Prince George's School Board, and uh, we are just excited, like I said, to have her on the show today. So make sure you call everyone, tell them to dial three four seven eight three eight nine two seven eight, because we don't want you to miss this exciting and powerful information as we discuss what we need to do within the school system. So. Without any further delay, we're going to bring on Miss Shania.
2: Hello. Are you there? I am here. Thank you so much. How are oh. you and your listening audience?
1: Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you first of all for taking time. We know tomorrow's an election day and we want to thank you for taking time out today to share with our audience on um all of your your platform that you have and just, you know, just being a part of the show today on such a busy time uh that we know that it is. So, definitely welcome 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 welcome.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Yes, yes. Well, we know that you have an awesome background, extensive background. I mean, everything that you've done. And I've, I've got to tell everyone that DERF organization, which is absolutely phenomenal, it really mm-hmm. speaks to the person that you are and the caring and the concern that you have. You're not just an individual that's just been talking. You have definitely been making an impact in our community. Tell us, what, what really inspired you to start that organization?
2: Well, let's see. Back in 2004, I was a staffer on Capitol Hill working for Congressman Dutch Ruppersberger at the time. And I saw that the the visitors that came to the Capitol didn't represent uh, the diversity of America. And mm-hmm. at that time, I said, you know what, there's something I can do. I can invite young boys and girls across the nation to come and see where decisions are made that will impact their lives and affect their futures. And mm-hmm. so, therefore, I reached out um, and started the group actually through the District of Columbia Public Schools uh, with the charter school movement, training those students through a uh, student leadership academy that we will host every Saturday in Washington, D.C., as the D.C. Board of Education Headquarters. Um, And so that's where it came because I did see that there was a gap and where our students were not coming to Capitol Hill, not seeing what was going on, not really meeting with elected officials, and that's what really prompted it. In addition to, I would annually go home to New Orleans during the summer months, and I was um, very early on involved with Boy Scouts of America, their uh, urban scouting, and I went home one summer, and I didn't see the kids really involved in uh, summer programs. And I'm like, there has to be something, you know, that they can do. Of course, me being a policy person say, okay, everybody's not going to want to go to some policy camp, but maybe we can create something fun and exciting. And so we decided to do what we call the Student Leadership Advisory Council, but uh, – more in a mentoring state or more in just giving them information through civic participation, academic success. And at that time, we were doing uh, healthy choices, uh, talking to them about the decisions that they're making, whether it be about protecting themselves or abstaining from sex. Uh, so that's how it really started. It's just a passion to want to serve, want to get involved and give back to our community. Well, like I said, you
1: are definitely doing that in a big, big way, and, and, uh, I know my experience, I, I felt like, man, if I could start all over again, this is something that I would want to participate in, so I definitely encourage, um our listening audience to, to go to your website, which is, is it, give them the website for that, so they, they can the, tune into that. Okay, uh,
2: the website is org. that's D as in Davis, E as in Edward, R as in resource, F as in foundation, educates.org. Uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: And they definitely want to tune in to that because you do that um, actual program that we came to in the spring, right? Yes.
2: Every and what spring.
3: We,
2: yes, what we do is uh-huh. we host about 200 kids at the United States Capitol. Uh, now we have a wonderful location. Miss Hardnett was there last year or this past year. Um, and participated with us. We have about 200 young people from all across America that come and get the benefits and the wisdom and the knowledge from professionals in the Washington, D.C. metro area. Um, it is open to the public, so if there's a parent on and you want your child there, certainly feel free to um, reach out to us, um, obviously, after the election. <laughs> and right. I will be able to give you more information about it. We, do, um, we don't we do provide room and board, but we make sure that the children, uh, youth are staying in a safe environment. There are chaperones. Um, recently, we had Positive Black Males with Houston come up. We had the Harriet girls from Washington, D.C. metro area. We also had the Rites of Passage from Louisiana. We had some kids from Iowa, New York, Philadelphia. And so they come up that Friday night and stay over with us. And we do a lot of fun, exciting things for them. So certainly we have tons of information that I can share with the listening audience about that. Um, and my number, anyone can always reach me at the 301-996-5635, which is... Basically the dirt hotline, I answer that, that phone all the time.
1: Yes, yes, and I, I know we're going to move on, but I, I just cannot say how impressive and how important it was. I mean, having my daughter, who was six at the time, there, we're in the the United States Capitol, walking around the halls on a Saturday where policies policies are being made. I mean, we we saw all types of cabinets and and uh, their rooms and all of that. That's that's just an amazing amazing opportunity uh, exposure. Uh, to, to really show how our system really, really works here within the United States. So thank you again for doing that. Now, you are running for a very, very important position. Tell us about your campaign slogan and the exact position that you're running for, and why did you decide to do this?
2: well uh for I mean many reasons, but the primary reason is because of my daughter. I am Chani Johnson, and I'm running for School board District one uh in Prince George's county. that area covers beltsville laurel uh some of uh Adelphi, some of College Park, some of Bowie, some of Glendale, and so it's a very diverse district um and the, I was really encouraged and inspired to run. I've always been involved in politics. I've always been involved in being a public servant. But I think that this time around, you know, you can roll up your see- sleeve. You have nothing to lose. You have everything to gain in terms of moving forward the parent initiative that I believe is essential to the success of all of our children in America. Parents must be involved in their children's education. And so what I thought about is my education growing up in New Orleans, even though we weren't in the best part of the town. We were in um, an impoverished community in New Orleans, in the Third Ward community, and so we were low income. But the one good thing is that the whole Back to the Basic model was alive for me because my parents were involved. My grandfather was involved. My aunt was involved. Somebody was going to the school to check on me or to participate in my activities. And so my I changed the campaign slogan, excuse me, is back to the basics, uh, getting us back to the basics, because our children deserve the best, and if we're going to provide them the best, we need to get back to the basics. And the fundamentals around that deals with accountability, better invest in our resources, and the collaboration and communication within the community. And so I took that model and that framework, and I break it down in every area. If I'm talking to teachers, there is a back-to-basic moment. ABCs: accountability, better investments, and collaboration. What can you do as a teacher? I can break it down also for our parents. How are you being accountable and transparent in terms of reaching out to your kids, making sure they have? Are you better investing the resources that you have that are limited in your household to invest in your child's education? And then are you collaborating, communicating with the school, collaborating, being a part of the local PTA, communicating? Are you telling them that your child is going to be absent so they know what's going on and plan for that and have additional work groups for those kids. So it's a lot of different things, but the, the campaign slogan, back to the basics, accountability, better investments, and collaboration, because I truly believe our children deserve the best.
1: Oh, most definitely. They do deserve the best. And and with that, um, what are the three issues that you see facing? And like and I mentioned earlier, I know this, these are like universal issues, Um, that, that I hear of, and I'm sure you have a lot more insight on that that you can share, but what are the three issues facing our school systems today?
2: The uh, issues again they vary from school district to school district. But as I have over the last two to three months, campaign and I've been to majority of our schools in District One, and even some that are not, uh, because I do know and I'm familiar with a lot of educators. But I think a lot of it has to do with budget. But we can't get around that, so we have to tighten our belts and we have to better invest the resources that we have. Um, I know that our, in our district, they're very concerned about boundary issues, the changes of the boundaries. One year, my child goes to. This school, the next year they go somewhere else. They're also concerned about um, overcrowded classrooms. Um, that is really what prompted me last year. My daughter was in kindergarten at Laura elementary, and I think it was, what, 20-some kids in the classroom, and I just couldn't believe it. I was just like, oh, wow. my, that wow. is a lot for kindergarten. And I, I said, you know what, you have the flexibility in the job that you have. You need to be at the school to help that teacher. And so yes. I saw that that was a concern, or even with the teacher, how are you going to manage 20-something little kindergartners? I mean, I know with my no capacity is a handful with no yes. help. So from that, the, those growing needs within the classroom and a teacher really not having the resources she needs to be effective and give my daughter the best really, really encouraged me and inspired me and said, you know what, guess what, as a parent, I'm going to take off every Monday half day. I'll be there in the evening, so I'll go in the morning. I'll die cuts. I'll copy stuff. I'll do whatever it is you need to be done. And so those are some of the issues around uh, the overcrowded classrooms, the boundaries. Just um, I know some of my friends are very concerned about early childhood education. They- feel like they're double dipping because they don't have an opportunity to put their kids in the um, head start programs and things like that because of income issues. I do believe in universal uh, pre-K, making sure that all of our kids get a really good head start, not just some of them, but all of them. Um, Mm -hmm. So there are very issues facing our school system, but I would say uh, most prominent is it's going to be the budget issue. It's going to be the teacher training and development, making sure that they're effective in the classroom and they have a diverse group Uh, offering of trainings that they can pull from so that they can be really effective in the classroom. Well, that's that's
1: some awesome insight that you've brought. Um, I know that how important it is to volunteer, and I recognize the same thing with my child um, when she was in kindergarten. You know, there was twenty plus students in the classroom, and uh, definitely I started my my uh, routine of volunteering there uh, every week. And uh, you know, I thought initially when people think volunteering, you think you're going to maybe babysitting or whatever. I don't know what you know what you're thinking, but what yeah. what I was actually doing was clerical administrative support work, grading, yeah. uh, all types of things like that that had cutting out all the whatever things they needed and um it's it's just amazing how those simple. They're very, very simple tasks and how it's it's left uh to to you know, not to have any any direction or support for those things which are very important for our children's education. So with all of that in mind, tell us or identify, if you would, two to three programs that you would like to see in the system that you would help be responsible for in promoting.
2: Well I think um Let's see, let me start with my teachers. Um, I had the wonderful opportunity, um, Deborah, last year, attending um, the event you hosted in Baltimore. And through that, I met some wonderful women, British Hill from Compass and then uh, Sharon Jarrett. And I just did not know about Compass. And Mm -hmm. Compass has certainly opened my eyes to what it is I needed to do to make sure that I'm living a life full of balance. and so with that, I think creating a care program specifically designed for our teachers that really deal with healthy teachers equal healthy students. If mm-hmm. our teachers don't have balance in their lives, they're mm-hmm. not going to be, be balanced for our students. And so working with the local Prince George's County um, uh, Educators Association to make sure that they have an offering of, of some type of conference program to allow the parents or the teachers, I should say, to go in and get the assistance that they need so that they can be whole and well for the students is one thing, and I know they have something in HR where they have assistance, human resources assistance, whatever, but it's very different because Compass meets the parents, I'm sorry, the teachers where they are, and they really help them and give them a rubric to work around. So wanting to find a way to really introduce that into the school system so that we have healthy teachers and uh, professionals dealing with them in a confidential manner. Uh, the other thing is, since I've been on the campaign trail, um, I think I'm educated and so I found that it was very interesting. People would be like, Oh, you're such a smart cookie. You're such a smart cookie. So for that I said, Oh, we need to develop a program centered around the smart cookie model <laughs> that really, really acknowledges and recognizes our children for where they are, whether you're A student, a D student, and I'm gonna even say an F student. Um I think that you're still a smart cookie in some way. And so a universal encouragement program to not just give them incentives for what they're already supposed to be doing, but acknowledging that. I think that our school system have gotten away from just patting the kids on their shoulder, giving them a hug, or whatever the case may be, but a universal program that talks about um, the smart cookie in that child, whether it be in academics, whether it be in sports, but it's really going to um, promote more positive messages to helping our students uh, build their self-esteem, self-esteem and character development. So I just want to celebrate our children more so that they know that they're in a loving environment um, and that we're there. So those are like sort of... Um, those ideas that I'm thinking, but there are many more that I know we can use within our system. We have a lot of after-school programs that are working. I work directly with lovely ladies of Laurel. I'm very familiar with side-by-side in our school district that are doing things. So I think really finding those programs that really work and work well and duplicate those so that all of our students in Prince George's County have an opportunity to benefit from them.
1: Well, I definitely love those ideas, especially the reinforcement, the positive reinforcement. I think uh, the system that uh, I know we use with the colors and, and, and that we use within my child's uh, school system, it, it can really be uh, detrimental if all of the focus is, is put on, you know, what's your color for today. day. And uh, I think bringing out yeah. those strengths, individual strengths, because we all learn differently. You know, we they do. Did. We do. We, we, we have different ways of learning and to celebrate, uh, each child's different way of learning is very, very important. And to, maybe they may not be, uh, have a great interest in, 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 in English or what have you, but they are very good at, at something in math or something else other than just the traditional, um ways that we celebrate the kids. Because as adults, we, you know, we can see the result of a person that has not had any type of positive affirmations within their life. You know, uh, we we, we see a lot of times where people are not able to communicate properly with one another. They have issues with one another and and are not able to get along in, in settings. So that really, really can affect our society because we do find that we have a lot of people who, you know, may not have gotten that type of information growing up. So that's very important. Also, uh, why don't you tell our list? Did you have something you want to add to that?
2: Oh, no. No. Oh, okay. I think that's great.
1: Yeah, definitely um, what we're going to do is take take a short break, and when we come back, um, we'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit more about you and, and your background. We know we talked about you being from New Orleans, which um, we know it's a lot of information, a lot of talk about New Orleans today, and just, just we we talk often on the show how we know our backgrounds have everything to do with who we are today. So we love to get more insight on that as well, and how um, you've been able to f- promote yourself as a candidate within uh, this race here. So we'll take a short break. Come right back, and okay. this is Wealthy Sisters, we're tuned in to our awesome guest today, Ms. Shania Davis Johnson. Thank you.
4: Would you like to reach college professionals, expose your products and services to thousands on a monthly basis? Advertise with the Wealthy Sisters Media Group. Our packages include both on-air and website banner placement. Call our offices today at 1-800-917-9435, extension 803. Or visit our website at www.wealthysisters.com to begin building your brand today.
0: always running out of time. Do you wish you had more hours in a day? My name is Rita Cartwright and I'm a virtual assistant and owner of RJ's Word Processing Services. Start using your time wisely by outsourcing your administrative tasks to me, your virtual assistant. For more information, contact me today toll free at 866-651-3073 or visit my website at rjswordprocessing.com.
1: All right. We are having a little technical difficulties here, but we are live back on Wealthy Sisters with our special guest today, Ms. Shanya Davis-Johnson. Very happy to have her on the show today. Um, Ms. Shanya, we were just taking a break here. and We wanted to talk more about your background and, and how you feel that that relates to making you a great candidate today. So go ahead, and take the floor.
2: Uh, What what really makes me a great candidate is that I have experience. Um, I've experienced life. I've experienced the good, the bad, the ugly, the pretty, all of it. With just my background alone, as I stated, I grew up in New Orleans in very humble beginnings. Um, Mom and dad separated. Mom barely working. Um, And so that experience alone has prepared me to obviously um, beat the odds, if I will. Um, And so I've always been a go-getter. I've always done what it is I knew was what was right to do, but also always had the skill and the resources at my fingertip. Being educated in uh public school system also prepared me because I knew that our school system was not necessarily – a-plus, maybe C-plus, and so you had to work even harder when you went off to college because you wanted to make sure that you were getting A-plus grades and you were able to produce just as your peers did who went to the private schools uh, in Louisiana, and so I think certainly that prepares me alone. Um, I have, for the past 10 or 12 years, been an education advocate. I've worked on Capitol Hill with members of Congress and have set in rules with them and been a part of the discussion and decision-making, and so my – background in terms of my degrees has certainly prepared me to be one that understands the role of a board and the role of the board at this juncture definitely should always be focused on providing oversight policy development and making sure that we're spending our money uh, in a fiscal fiscally responsible way and so That has certainly been sort of at the forefront of who I am is what I've done. Every decision that I've made from the time I graduated, from when I got married at 21 and I'm still married to my wonderful husband to this day, is about commitment, commitment to my family life, commitment to wanting to be involved in my community. And so this is one step. It's not... me wanting to just do it, uh, to use it as a political stepping stone for some other office or anything like that. I have a daughter in the school system, and she's going to be there. Um, it's my hope and prayer for the next 11 years, and I can probably say that she graduates from Prince George's County School, but I do believe with all the experience that I have and all the resources, uh, I think that I can bring a lot to the table and be a huge asset to our school system, which is what we're lacking, people who have compassion for our parents you know everybody every parent can't get to the school but we have to understand that and work with them and meet them where they are every Mm teacher is not going to be as great if we don't provide them with the training and development that they need and so me understanding that uh, in itself certainly makes me a very very good candidate Um, and I'll prepare for this moment I college, didn't know that I was prepared for it, but when I look back at all the things that have happened over the last three months and just look back at my life, I'm certainly prepared for the moment to lead, to um, bring some experiences to the table um, that would assist me in making decisions um, in the best interests of all of our children in Prince George's County.
1: You know that that what you said is is a powerful statement that you prepared for the moment, and you had no idea that your experiences were leading you up to this moment. That's amazing how life works like that isn't it and right. we, when we We reached a point in life that we realized that that uh every everything about our experiences prepared us for this very very moment, and you definitely are taking it by the horn and seasoning it and want to thank you and applaud you for doing that as well. Also, I, I want to just ask a little bit more, get more in detail with the whole, um, I guess the whole idea as to you definitely were in a position financially, uh, I know, to, to put your daughter in a private school. That whole idea back and forth that we hear, the debate within, that the in dual struggle that we have within ourselves, um, being here in Maryland with that I um, understand being one of the number one states in the United States. As far as the public school system is concerned, what made you decide to actually put your daughter in a public school as opposed to a private, if if we can ask that question?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, I think what, what it said to me, and yes, I did have a choice, and that's what I continue to tell people. I have the choice, but so many others don't. So because there's so many more that don't have it, I need to be fighting to make sure that we have academic consistency across the board, not just in private schools and not just in our specialty programs. We need to make sure all of our public schools have um, programs that are teaching and training our kids to be Great leaders. Mm-hmm. Now, the one thing that I will say is that I obviously dealt with it before we we left here for a little bit because Hurricane Katrina happened. So I moved to Texas to help my family rebuild. Cassidy was in a private school there, Northland Christian. Wonderful academic environment. In addition to that, there was a spiritual side, which means she was getting Christian education. I couldn't pay for that. But I did. And it was awesome. I mean, Cassidy came home knowing scriptures, uh, knowing to pray every night. I mean, it was awesome. But then when I got here and we bought our home in the um, lower community, I said, okay, what school is she going to be going to? Now, I didn't know really the demographics and what they really teach over there or anything, but I knew that it was our neighborhood school and that it would provide her an opportunity to make some friends, you know, in the process and things like that. And so for me, while I could have sent her to a private school, I said that the school, from what I had known about it at the time, didn't have any um Glaring marks to suggest that it was not an unsafe environment or they weren't educating the kids there. So I decided to put her there, but at the same time, after the last year, her first kindergarten year, I also knew that she had some issues um, in terms of uh, decoding. This is the education side decoding and numeration recognition and all that so of course i was like oh my god i need to hire a tutor or something it was like she's only in kindergarten i was like but i want her to get it right you know so with that my husband and i we did have a very candid conversation about what do we want we know that there's 27 kids in the kindergarten class her teacher is not going to be able to give her the attention she needs, so maybe we should look at private education. Plus, we had uh, transportation issues trying to get to the public school when the school closed and get to the after-school program. I mean, it was really, really sort of a nightmare for us because we would hire people who just weren't responsible um, to pick our daughter up and things like that. So for us, the private education would have provided um, for us the education piece the uh, Christian education component in addition to that safety net of travel time because I think Mm the after-school program went to 630. So it was a lot of different issues, but we're happy where we are at Lower Elementary School. They have a phenomenal staff over there who really do love on the kids. Um, And so for me, the environment is very welcoming. The environment suggests that our children are learning and that the teachers are ready to teach and they're prepared. There are some areas that need to be improved and as we have a very strong and active CTA who are working with them to raise money, whether it be for additional uh, classroom resources, it's just a working environment. And so right now, we have Cassidy there, will she be there in two years, three years, we don't know. It just all depends on how she's progressing along. But I do know because we, we can potentially uh, afford to send her to another school, um, that could be a choice that we look at down the line. But right now mm-hmm. she's doing well, and we don't want to just keep changing her around, but she really loves Laura elementary, so I don't know how we will be able to do that. And still be able to sleep at night. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Well, then you have, you have a
1: debate often, you know, that th- amongst your friends that the, the whole issue of whether I should put my child in a private school or am I just, you know, not giving my child everything, the guilt that, you know, that we might yeah. feel, uh, of not putting our children in a private school as opposed yeah. to public school or the vice versa. I'm really not supporting. I was in a public school. Am I really supporting, you know, the public school? what What are some of the concerns that that you've heard um, others in circles say, and and what can you add to to assist people well. with making those decisions?
2: I think one is, I I have to be honest, I talked to a parent yesterday, it is a very personal decision. And -hmm. for every family, they have to make that decision based on their child needs. Um, And if you believe that your child is going to get a better education because of a smaller classroom size. And I did allude to the fact that Castle was having problems with decoding. Well, guess what? We didn't find out Castle was having problems with decoding until four months into the school year. Had the classroom size been smaller, I thought, at least my husband certainly did, thought that we would have known much earlier been working with her to address those issues so we said okay we got to get in the small classroom setting my daughter is much like my husband very quiet me nothing like mommy in terms of being you know extrovert all over the place hey I'm not learning over here she's not like that so she just sat there very quiet so the teacher just didn't know Um, and because there were other kids who required more attention that is what she focused on that's what I believe I wasn't in the classroom to see what happened but when I go back and look at it There obviously were other kids in the classroom, but I think when you talk about public versus private, it is certainly a personal decision that um, a parent has an option to make, and it's up to them. But I also believe that, you know, I have friends who are concerned that we're paying for education twice. We pay for it through our taxes, and now we have to pay for private school because maybe the neighborhood school or this lottery system really doesn't work for me. Um... It's a whole gambit of issues that I probably could go through, but I would say that for every parent or every mother, father, you're making a decision about your child. Do what's in the best interest of your child. Don't worry about what people say, oh, you're sending your child to a private school. It doesn't matter. You're sending your child to the school that you think is best going to educate them. And having it been, have the option to do the same thing, I would do it. I think our teacher now, Miss Todd, uh, is giving her the best that she can, well, is communicating with the parent as best as she can. Hey, she's on cue here. You might want to look at this, and here's some resources for you. So you have, you know, parent, I, I don't believe in taking that decision away from anybody in terms of their choice to send their child to whatever school it is they want them to go to.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Most definitely, most definitely, we know it is a a personal choice, and we you know some of those things that we do deal with on a daily basis. As you being a part of the school board and elected uh, to the school board, we don't speak that positively. Therefore, you the big Thank election you. tomorrow. Uh, what what would you do uh, to actually make the system uh, more uh,
2: attractive
1: to those parents who have their children in a private school? What would what would be a couple of two things you would do right off the bat
2: or you would help promote. That's a a very interesting one. That's basically how do I get my friends to come back. Again, it's a personal Mm -hmm. decision, and I would try to convince them as much as I can, but Mm -hmm. I think one has to happen with uh, uh, the image of our school system. Mm-hmm. They're not just sending their kids just because they have some issues with the school system, whether they think the school system just failing everybody, or you know nobody's really investing in the children. So, one is I would, I mean, I hate to say that I don't want to be like okay, but you know, put your faith and trust in China. She's going to turn the school system around in a year, two, three, four years, or whatever. I I, I can't say that. What I would say probably to them certainly is to begin to create a healthy dialogue about the school within their district. Guess what? Your child don't have to be um, uh, a student at a school to be on a PTA. So I would say get involved in a local PTA at the school that's in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and work at, you know, go to the meetings and see what the parents are like and see what the agenda is, whether or not they have student achievement at the top of the agenda, whether or not they have teacher appreciation at the top of the agenda. I mean, it's a number of things that they could do, uh, but as a school board member, I think it's about – making sure we're telling the truth and we're communicating and collaborating with the community so that the community knows the treasure that we have in our community when it comes to our public schools so that parents feel more comfortable with it. Also, you know, there's businesses in the area. The businesses have to know that this is a thriving school district and that we they're producing world class leaders and uh business people and lawyers and doctors and things like that. It's a it's a community effort. It's a it's definitely communication is probably the key. But I think as a board member all you can do is begin to promote the school in the positive light. Be out there, be engaged and in touch with the community so that the community really know that there's some people that care there. But, you know, convincing them to you know pull their kids out of their private education is another thing because I really do believe that um, for the most part it's a personal decision. Right, right.
1: Well, I was just thinking of some ways that it could be, you know, attractive for someone or to help somebody with a decision. Because, like I said, I talk to people daily, and I know um, it is a dual struggle struggle that that people have. And a lot of times, especially today, with some of the challenges that our, our people are facing financially, you know, that is an extra uh, challenge there. And it's like, no, I don't you don't you don't you don't ever want to compromise your child and yeah. But um, you, you know, if there is a way that this is a
2: uh, an avenue for parents to tell get support, you. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I think mm-hmm. one of the ways, really, if you decided to take your child out, the same 100 or 200 percent you were given that that private school, and we mm-hmm. know what private schools do. Private schools require you to participate. They require you to pay such-and-such activity fee or book fee or fundraising fee. All of those resources that you are putting into that private school, I would say just transfer to the public school and see the difference. Mm -hmm. And that's the mindset that I take. People are like, you're always at cancer school, yes. Because if Mm -hmm. she was in a private one, I still would be there, investing Mm -hmm. my time and my resources and talent in that school system. So I would still encourage, you know, a parent. That is how we begin to also change the image. The more we're there, the more the children like to see their parents there, the more other parents begin to be there, things like that. I had um, over the last week at our PTA, one of our PTA meetings, I said I'm going to sponsor 20 memberships. And everybody thought the memberships was going to be free, but I said, "Yeah, I'm going to sponsor twenty memberships at my school, and I'm going to get a local business to coordinate it with me, but there is requirements if you want me to sponsor your membership to PTA you need to at least go volunteering the class once a month. you need mm-hmm. to at least come to um, a PTA meeting, you need to at least participate in a beautification project, you know, so there are some contingencies, you know, you're not just going to get it just because, but that offsets whatever budget you have in your home, but at the same time, we're providing a way for the parents to get involved, and so I would say if a parent has their child in a private school, they certainly can feel free to transfer their child over, but the same um involvement they bring to the private education they need to bring to the public, and that will probably begin to change the image of the school system as well, or that school in their neighborhood.
3: Mhm To
1: have the more involvement, I know when uh, we were at our back to school night last week they they even said, I and mean, even if you join the p t a and you're not able to attend the meetings, at least like you said, at least you can you can schedule a time for the volunteer or if they need to bring um extra work that you can do something from home or do something uh that can actually show your child first of all, we're setting a great example for our children when they see us volunteering. Um, and and spending time in the school is showing that investment, uh, yeah. in them and that we believe in what we're doing. We believe in support. That's a, that's a fundamental way that they can learn, uh, and to do, do for their children and, in their community as well. But just, just to be able to lend that. And I know a lot of times we're, the, our schedules, our routines, it's just, it's just different today. It's not the same as it was when I know when I was growing up. It's, it's just totally different. There are a lot of other alternatives, a lot of other uh, places to be <laughs> today, so to speak. So, but yeah. that, that really is important. And, and you're right. I know in the private school, they require a lot. And, uh, if we could bring that to the public school system, that would be great. Not to, not to promote either public or private, but today, since we are talking about, um, how we can take that power back. Uh, that sometimes we feel powerless within the school system. This is what we're discussing today on Wealthy Sisters, how we can uh, actually serve as a, a solution there. We're going to uh, go to a caller. We, we have a caller. We want to ask a question. We're at uh, 972. Hello, welcome to Wealthy Sisters. State your name and where are you calling from?
3: Hi, how are you? This is LaShawn Richardson, and I'm calling
1: from New Orleans, Louisiana. Well, hello, Miss LaShawn. Hi, how are you?
3: <laughs> How are you
2: hello. dear?
1: So glad to hear your voice today. Say hello to Miss Shanya Davis Johnson. Hello, Miss
3: Johnson. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. Can you all hear me? Yes, we can. Oh, yes. okay. All righty. I was calling there's one thing that uh that a particular that's really personal to me is the nutrition in the schools. I myself am involved in the P T A actually got one started at the school that my daughter attends. And my daughter is a vegetarian. And it's a big problem with her having some finding something to eat. I necessarily can't always make get in a financial bond some kind of way and can't send her to school with lunch. But when she's uh there and trying to find lunch, there's nothing there for her. They'll give her a piece of iceberg lettuce and a tomato on it. And I've even had of a couple of the cafeteria workers will get mad with it and tell her, Call your mama you know, say flip things to her and stuff like that. So I've been going to the school trying to get something sorted, and I'm even going to call what they have down here called six on your side. But mm-hmm. try and see if I can get some help and assistance with the menu that these kids are having, this frozen food, this packaged food that they're giving oh, them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. It, it, I think it's really ridiculous. I mean, I, there are different options that I'm going you know, present to them. Maybe they can buy local where they can give them more raw food, you mm-hmm. know, instead of getting this packaged box frozen food mm-hmm. that they're getting. But so that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that concerns me because it's personal because my daughter's a vegetarian and
2: the menu is very slim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, this is China. I, you know, I totally understand that um, for you know whatever reason she's um, has dietary constraints or what have you. But what I do know is, like here in the state of Maryland and even in uh, Prince George's County, there is an offering of different foods, and they're working with the local USDA or the local um, farmers, and uh, so they have fruits, vegetables, and things like that to meet the student need. What I would first say is, one, have you reached out to someone that's a part of the school board who are representing you, Um, you know, because the one thing is, is that is what a school board member is is to listen and represent you and the decision that you made. You've made the decision, I mean, that she's obviously a vegetarian. And just like my daughter has a peanut allergy, so they cannot give her peanut butter even though that's what they serve every day. Yeah. Um, so what I would say is, first of all, you want to maybe sit down and figure out whether or not, and this is just a little research that you can do, what other schools are doing about feeding the vegetarians, whether or not the school system has a policy for students who are vegetarian or vegan or what have you, but I certainly will reach out to your school board member in that area to find out what the policy is and then begin to talk about it. And then they, within the nutrition department, can partner with local farmer market within – in New Orleans. Um, My sister had a business called Riverside Pasta in New Orleans, and so that was a farmer's market on on magazine uptown in New Orleans. And so – Partner with someone that can bring that daily nutritional uh, food to the school or could help the exactly. school system. But I would certainly say you need to find out who your school board member is. Sit down and talk to them. See whether or not there's a coalition or contingency of other folks who also have kids in the school system who are vegetarian as well. And you guys build a little group and you talk to them about the benefits. I mean, obviously they know what the benefits are if you're eating healthy food. But just say that this is what is required.
3: Yeah, um, and I don't – I mean,
2: I really don't see a problem with it. it. It really comes down to representation, is finding someone who represents you there and say, what are we going to do about this and whether or not there's a school policy to address that issue.
1: Oh, I'm definitely. not
2: familiar Because in yeah. Maryland, we do have there, – there is a policy, so we get our school lunches every – uh weekly – log of school lunches so I get to see what Cassidy is going to eat and I get to say okay that day I'm going to prepare lunch for her or what have you but at least I know what the offerings are and if I want her to eat it then we don't send her to school with a lunch or what have you. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that's what you yeah. want to definitely do and my my information is Deborah has my information it's on my website you can feel free to call me because I, I don't mind sitting down brainstorming about ways you guys can be actively immobilized a group of parents who are very concerned about the issue because the issue is making sure that they are aware of the issue um, mm-hmm. within the school system that the lunch is not that healthy or whatever the case may be
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome! Thank you so much for that. I mean, I can relate to that. My daughter's vegetarian, and I do pack her lunch every day. And it is—it's—it's—that's it's, a whole other subject when we talk about the foods that we serve our children. It's like you know, you feel like sometimes you're on the island by yourself on what you what you what you have to train her uh, to know that this is these are the options that we're putting out here for you, and this, these are the reasons why I don't want you to eat cookies and and drink soda. And, and the juicy juices every day, you know, it's, it's a reason for that. So we're going to take a, another short break. Come right back. I want you to give us, when we come back, give us your information. Again, we've got about five minutes left in the show. Enjoying it. This is awesome. Shania Davis is our guest.
4: Did you know the IRS will currently reimburse you 55 cents for every business mile you drive? Stop struggling with mileage logs and start turning your vehicle mileage into cash. Track Log is the first comprehensive automatic mileage recording solution. Turn this small device on, easily track your mileage, and keep more of your money in your pocket. Purchase your track log today at T-R-A-K-L-O-G-G dot com. That's T-R-A-K-L-O-G-G dot com. Are you seeking stronger partnerships to leverage the strengths? Need to develop more winning strategies of success? Ready to increase your knowledge in the areas of investing, marketing, health and wellness, and the Green Initiative? Then join us for the second annual Winner's Summit Conference and Expo, March 18th and 19th, 2011. Meet hundreds of professional women from all over the world. We provide savvy advice, practical application for winning women. Deserve your space today at www.thewinnersummit.com or call 1-800-917-9435, extension 805.
1: We are live back on Wealthy Sisters, having a dynamic discussion today on our public school system. We have the uh, Prince George's candidate for the school board, none other than Miss Shanya Davis-Johnson, on our show today. She's doing a phenomenal job sharing great solutions on how we can continue to make our school system the best school system for our children. And as we say, these topics, concerns, are a lot of times unique, but also mostly universal. So we are happy to have you on our show today. Want to remind everybody about the winter summit. As you heard, the commercial, we are excited about this. I'm telling you this is an explosive event. We've added one other day and I trust me when I tell you this is the most I mean, you want to be there. If, if, if you're in business, if you are a professional in the corporate career and you're looking to continue to enhance your business, enhance your networking, to plug into with some dynamic individuals, you want to be at the Winner Summit 2011. Uh, you can go to the website, the, that's T-H-E, Winners, like a champion, Winners, W I N N E R S summit, summi the We've got a special that's just, a, we have a few passes left. We've got this awesome deal. I mean, it's, it's the buddy pass deal where you and a friend can go for everything to the Vision Recruits, to the Millionaire Luncheon, and all of the other sessions for $5.99 together. That's $5.99. And all you need to do is make your $99 deposit a piece. We have a payment plan that's set up. You want to act on the that we only had 20 and they are going fast, so. Take advantage of that. Go to the registration page. When you go to the Winter Summit, you can do that. We also have a special payment plan, and we set up an incentive price uh, for September, so take advantage of that as well. Also, we want to encourage everybody to participate. There's a lot of speakers out here. We know a lot of you all are looking for new ways to promote yourselves as a speaker. Go to the pbw.com and join our Speakers Bureau, our um, complimentary or introductory Rate of only 24.99. That rate will be going up as to 59 very, very soon. So. Awesome! You want to definitely take advantage of that right away. So our special guest, as we said, has been the lovely Miss Shanya Davis Johnson. Uh, Miss Johnson, could you please give us your contact information again and and tell us why our listeners who are in the Prince George's County should vote for you tomorrow? And also, we know that you need volunteers. Give us information about that as well. Okay.
2: Good. So again, it's Chanya Johnson. Uh, you can go to my website, www.chanyajohnson.com. My number is 301-C-H-O-N-Y-A-Johnson.com. Uh, the cell phone is 301-996-5635. Um, yes, what I do need, I would love some support on tomorrow at the polls. We need poll workers. Uh, we need, first of all, first and foremost, I need to vote. And the reason you should give me a vote is because I am a proven leader. I'm a heart for our young people. I want to make a difference in our school system. I'm bested as much as I possibly can be. Um, but I'm really uh, up for the task of really bringing a different uh, set of Views and perspectives to the board. Um, I understand collaborating and teamwork and coalition building, but I do know that our board needs a strong voice um, for our parents and for our children and even for our teachers. Many of our teachers are actually um, our parents as well, Mm -hmm. so it's vice versa. And you got to take care both the parents and the uh, children because they both are essential to our school system. So I really would, you know, respectfully request a vote on tomorrow because I do believe that I will be able to make a difference because of the proven track record I've had of being a policy uh analyst on Capitol Hill by being a legislator or a district director for uh, two members of Congress, really providing them with outstanding constituent services. And that's what it's all about, being responsive to the needs of our parents. When they come to me, they can be certain that they'll get a response. It may not be the one that they want, but it will be a response that they receive in a timely manner to do what needs to be done on behalf of their children or on behalf of the teacher. So I just really would ask for your support. Um If somebody wants to volunteer tomorrow at the pose, feel free to call me at three zero one nine nine six five six three five there are seven seven other uh, people in the race or six other people in the race, but I have to say that I, I am the most qualified person to be in this race to really do what needs to be done um, on our school board and you know I say hey go with me and then you'll find the other six of them and you'll see that um, there is really no real competition there um, other than that maybe they just want to be in the race just because but I'm really in the race because I do have the experience. I do have the know-how and the resources to be able to move our school system forward. And I, you know, again, thank, thank Deborah Hardnett and welcome Sister so much for this opportunity. I, I, I too will be at the winter summit, and I look forward to meeting some of you there. If not at the polls on tomorrow, look forward to meeting you at the winter summit because last year I had a phenomenal time, and it certainly has added a lot of value to my life in terms of finding balance. And this is one part of that balance is giving back to our school system and being actively involved in my daughter's uh, school life. So thank you so much.
1: Oh, thank you, and congratulations to you. Best wishes on tomorrow. What
2: time the, do the polls open tomorrow? Our polls open here in Maryland from 7 a.m. to 8 o'clock p.m. We have three shifts. We have a 7 to 9, and then we have 11 to 1, and a 5 to 8. All right,
1: all right, awesome. So you heard it from none other than Ms. Shania Johnson. Definitely get out and support. Tomorrow, vote, 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 vote. That is our civic responsibility to do that. So many people died for us to have that opportunity. Let's not take it lightly. We can have that power to do that. This has been another great episode. Tune in next week where we have the Mom Dropout Show for you. This is a powerful show that we're going to be talking about, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you again, as always, for tuning in.
0: This has been another episode of Wealthy Sisters brought to you by theprofessionalblackwoman.com, where success is inevitable. Join Deborah Hardin our host next week as she interviews another powerful, positive, progressive Wealthy Sister and Visitors on the web at www.wealthysisters.com.
2: See you next time.